is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here, our number... 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I don't know. Technology in the uh, in the master ship ain't going so good, but we will uh, we will march along here. A couple of things I want to hit right up front. The Republican tax proposal. I think it's about eighty five percent good, fifteen percent not so good. So we'll take the 85%. One thing it does not do, which the Democrats are saying, it doesn't give the rich a damn thing. It doesn't give the rich a damn thing. And yet the Democrats cannot control themselves. They talk about tax cuts for the rich. How so? Even the Washington Compost has rejected what the Democrats are saying about the Republican tax proposal. The Republicans are sounding like good little Marxists. They're worried about class warfare rather than talking about slashing taxes across the board uh, and reforming the tax code, maybe a fair tax, maybe a flat tax. All that's out the window. This is not tax reform. Still, there are tax cuts. And in order to have tax cuts, ladies and gentlemen, you have to tax, uh, excuse me, cut the taxes of those who actually pay taxes. Since about 46% of our fellow citizens don't pay taxes, and a certain percentage of our fellow citizens actually receive earned income tax credits, meaning they don't earn enough to pay taxes, and yet we subsidize them through what are effect IRS welfare payments, where are you going to get these tax cuts? Where, how are you going to have tax cuts? Now, let me tell you what's in this uh, proposal by the Republicans, okay? And this is from, uh, what is this from? Uh, Oh, shoot. I just had this. Just bear with me. I want to get it straight. Well, it doesn't much matter. Here's how the uh, tax cut system works here. House Republicans unveiled their plan today. Part of that reform package, the GOP aims to permanently lower the corporate tax rate to 20%, to 35% right now, which is insane. The House bill would also slash the number of income tax brackets from 7 to 4, 12%, 25%, 35%, and 39.6%. Although the Republicans keep talking about a millionaire rate, like good little Marxists. The bill seeks to raise the child tax credit to $1,600 from its current maximum of $1,000. It also preserves popular retirement savings plans like 401ks and individual retirement accounts. Under current law, taxpayers can put a specified amount in a 401k retirement savings plan without paying taxes up front. And by the way, the whole goal of that is to encourage savings for pensions, for retirement. And the amount people can contribute to a 401k rises to 18,500 next year, up from 18,000 in 2017. People age 50 and older can tack on an additional catch-up contribution of $6,000. Now here, this: the Republican bill would allow 
taxpayers to write off up to $10,000 in state and local property taxes. I guess they're capping that. But the plan would cut a popular mortgage interest deduction in half. While it would maintain the current deduction of $1 million in mortgage debt for current homeowners, that cap would be slashed to 500000 for newly purchased homes. I, I just, I, I don't understand the Republicans. I really don't. If you're going to take a beating anyway in, in tax cuts for the rich, why, why do you play these games? Why do you play these games? There should be no increase in taxes for anybody. For anybody. You're slashing taxes in one respect, and then you're slashing deductions in another respect. I, I just, I don't, it's not something that I buy into. As I say, I mean, it's 85% okay, but the whole theory behind this is somewhat schizophrenic. Home builder stocks were hit hard on the plan. They were hit hard on the plan. And that's because of this, uh, this attack on the mortgage interest. The Republican tax plan seeks to immediately double the estate tax exemption and repeal the tax in six years. The estate tax, also known as the death tax, is currently a 40% levy on estates greater than 5.49 million for individual filers or 11 million for married couples. You might say, well, I don't care. That's for millionaires and zillionaires. Not really. If you start a business, it doesn't mean you're living off of millions and millions of dollars every year. You might be living off a couple hundred thousands of dollars every year. But your business might be valued at over five, over six million dollars. What happens then? A 40% levy is placed on it, and you have to sell it. As farmers who own a lot of land, they harvest a lot of crops, they may net a few hundred thousand dollars a year, but their land is very valuable. Their farm equipment is very valuable. Their livestock is very valuable. But they're not liquid assets. They're assets. When it comes to the death tax, it doesn't matter if your assets are liquid or not. They just add up what your assets are. So if you, uh, if you spend a lifetime invested in, a, in building a farm or building a business or, and so forth and so on, it doesn't mean you're a multimillionaire if the value of your business or your farm or whatever is several millions of dollars because you have no plan of liquidating it. And yet, when you die, if you're taxed at 40%, it's liquidated because you don't have the liquid assets, the cash, to pay the taxes, and your family gets none of it. None of it. Or some small percentage of it. So this is the right thing to do to eventually eliminate the death tax. And these are taxes that have already been paid. You earn income, you pay a federal income tax, and uh, then you invest it. You buy land, you grow crops, and then they say, okay, he's dead. Now let's take 40% of what he has. That's just not right when a, when a family or, or a husband or a wife, a father or a mother, when they spend their entire lives to build a, a career, to build a business, to build a farm, whatever it is, whatever it is, and then they have to get rid of it and give their money, significant parts of their money, to the government that doles it out to somebody else. It's not right. It's not just. The bill also proposes a reduction in taxes for companies with international earnings in an attempt to encourage U.S. corporations to bring back some of the trillions in profits overseas. The Republican plan would cut the tax of this foreign earned income to 12% for cash 
and 5% for non-cash. And we've talked about this before. We're the only major country, the only industrialized country on the face of the earth that double taxes. So if you're a business overseas, you're an American-based business, but you earn monies overseas from foreign sales to other citizens, other governments, and so forth, those governments tax you. And when you bring the money back to the United States, we tax you too. It's a double taxation. It doesn't happen in France or Germany or Britain or you name it. Only in the United States. So these companies, they leave what amounts to, in the aggregate, trillions of dollars overseas in foreign accounts where they benefit these foreign countries and foreign governments because they'd be nuts to bring the money back to the United States and have it taxed again at 35%. This isn't even right. They'd eliminate that tax altogether. Eliminate it. Then you'll have trillions of dollars pouring into our country. And what are you going to do with it? Put it in your mattress? No, it's impossible. That's enormous amount of money that can go into R&D, that can go into capital, that can go into new products, new services, go into creating enormous numbers of high-paying jobs, creating additional wealth in this country, and it sits there overseas. It sits there overseas and benefits foreign banks, foreign businesses, foreigners, when it can come to the United States. And this is what we mean when we talk about free markets or freer markets. This is not a protectionist argument. This is a capitalist argument. The specific proposal would especially benefit technology giants like Apple and Alphabet. Well, it would especially benefit any major company that has significant assets overseas. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. So these are some of the major elements that are that are in the proposal. Now, the Democrats, of course, they have no serious tax cuts proposed. They only believe in tax increases. And when they talk about taxing the rich, that means taxing anybody who earns over $40,000 a year. Look at Obamacare. Obamacare is a government-imposed program that has not only destroyed our health care system and the insurance industry and destroyed many families that used to pay for their own health care, uh, but it is a massive tax, in effect, is it not? That slams the middle class. That slams people and families that are average earners. And everyone else, by the way. Except those who are on the dole, of course. The Washington Post reports the Daily Caller soundly debunked the claim made by numerous Democratic lawmakers that the GOP tax reform bill will result in a tax increase for middle class households in a fact check published Thursday. A number of prominent Democratic lawmakers have publicly claimed the tax reform bill scheduled to be released and was released today will result in an average tax increase of $794 for households, making up to $86,100 annually. Washington Post fact checkers traced the claim back to a report produced by Democrats on the Joint Economic Committee that predicts that, that predicts that some 8 million households making less than 86,100 per year will see their taxes increases. Uh, their taxes increased. The Democrat lawmakers, including radical left-wing kook, Senators Kamala Harris of California, Robert Casey of Pennsylvania, and Jeff Merkley of Oregon, falsely asserted the increase will apply on average to middle-class families, omitting the detail that the increase will in fact be confined to 8 million Households. Eight million households. Out of 122 million households. 
The distinction is important. 8 million households represent 6.5% of the nearly 122 million households in the bottom three income quintiles. Roughly 80% or 97 million of the households in the bottom three quintiles will receive a tax cut, according to the report from which the false claim originated. Additionally, every quintile on average receives a tax cut. So why are the Democrats lying? Because that's what they do. You have to lie to be a leftist. You have to lie to be a progressive. You have to lie to be a leading member of the Democrat Party. So the overwhelming majority of people in this country who are considered non-rich receive, in fact, in reality, a tax cut. And yet, we have the Democrats who are insisting that this bill is tax cuts for the rich. Well, I'm considered rich. I get no tax cuts out of this bill. None. In fact, I get tax increases out of this bill. Increases. So where are the tax cuts for the rich? I would like to know. Where are the tax cuts for the rich? So we have the actual, the actual Marxists in the Democrat Party uh, who, who do not believe in uh, capitalism and serious tax reform and tax cuts. And then we have the progressive Republicans, and that's pretty much what they are today, the progressive Republicans, who mimic the Marxists when it comes to class warfare, uh, but, uh, but claim to be for property rights and capitalism nonetheless. I'll be right back. Mark in. You know, two of the things that jump out on this Republican tax proposal to me, and they're all supported by, you know, Americans for Tax Reform and and uh, who else? My buddy Cudlow, my buddy Moore, and so forth and so on. But the property tax deduction is capped at $10,000. That's going to catch a lot of people who aren't rich completely off guard, including, by the way, farmers. The mortgage interest deductions used to be able to deduct up to a million dollars in interest, which the vast majority of us don't have. It's now cut to 500000 But there are small businesses that have mortgages to pay. There are individuals who may inherit property who have interest to pay. There, are, there may be a small businessman who owns a, a, a couple of apartments, maybe owns a small apartment building. Who knows? Now, why are the Republicans doing this in the greatest tax cut in American history? Why are they doing, I'm going to tell you why they're doing this rather than slashing taxes across the board, because they will not cut spending. They will not cut government spending. And you hear these supply-siders, and I like to think of myself as a supply-sider in some respects, and they'll say, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. They're never worried about the debt. I am always worried about the debt. Well, we can grow our way out of this. But we're not going to grow our way out of this. When the government grows so fast, it's impossible for an economy to grow out of it. The economy produces about $7.5 trillion in wealth every year, goods and services. But we have over $200 trillion in entitlement obligations. So tell me how that $7.5 trillion is going to grow fast enough to address the over $200 trillion in unfunded entitlement obligations or the over $20 trillion in fiscal operating debt. How is this going to work? The only area of the budget they have consistently cut 
is defense. Defense. Domestic spending is completely out of control, and none of these bare brains have the guts to address it. The Republicans do not have the guts to address it, and the Democrats want to expand it. So if you have one party that wants to expand spending and the debt, and another party that expands spending and the debt, but claims it wants to stop it every now and then during election time, we have a disaster on our hands. So the reason why they keep looking for ways to offset this or offset that when it comes to the tax code is because when it comes to spending, these politicians have no guts. They don't want to disappoint anybody. They have bought so many constituent groups and so many constituents with entitlements, with bike paths, with uh, this, that, and the other thing. They just don't want to face that. They don't want to do it. And so what's going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is one day it'll address itself. And when the laws of economics, as I say over and over again, catch up with the laws of politics, the laws of economics win every single time. So this tax bill is okay, it's not spectacular, and it does nothing to address the exploding debt in this country. I'll be right back. Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. You know, one of the arguments, uh, those who wish to ignore the uranium scandal, the Uranium One scandal, is that, well, look, this uranium had never left the United States. They have no problem with the fact that the Russians control 20% of America's uranium. They say, what's a big deal? It's never left the United States. Well... The man who, who's been on top of this story, day in and day out, one bombshell after the other, is John Solomon of the Hill and his colleague, Allison Spahn. And John Solomon's in great demand, so we're glad to have him. John Solomon, how are you, my friend? Oh, my pleasure, Mark. Thanks for the interest in the story. Tell us what's going on now. Well, we've uh, one of the main talking points of Democrats and their media defenders have, have been throughout, as you stated, that hey, no harm, no foul on the Uranium One deal, because after we approved it, none of the American uranium left U.S. Uh, soil. And the fact of the matter is, that's the story they've had for seven years, but the truth is the NRC documents that we saw showed that Uranium One, under the control of Rosatom, uh, the Russian state-owned nuclear agency, uh, was allowed uh, through a, a backdoor channel, a third-party's contract, to export some of the uranium they pulled from American soil. They sent it to Canada, and then apparently the Canadian company sent some of that uranium on to uh, uh, Europe for sure, and it looks like maybe Asia as well. And so the entire storyline that we kept all this Russian-owned uranium in the United States is no longer no longer valid. And, and, and when you look at the larger picture, this decision was made even though the FBI knew the Russian company was engaged in bribery. It was made even though everybody found out that Hillary and Bill made a lot of money on the sidelines from people interested in the in the uh, deal, and it was made despite concerns in the United States that giving Russia a monopoly on uranium would come back one day to haunt us as a a strategic uh, national security concern. So I think there's a lot of good questions that have been raised, and we'll see if Congress goes gets the answers. And what's amazing about this, John Solomon, is how little attention network news organizations are paying to this. And, you know, 50 years ago, this would have been the lead story every single night. You would think so. 
You would think so. Even 20 years ago, I think you could make that argument. And it's uh, there is a, 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 a disinterest in looking at this part of the evolution of the Russia-U.S. relationship. And it's unfortunate because long before Russia had any inkling of meddling in our 2016 election, they had a big inkling and a big execution plan in meddling in our national security, particularly our nuclear energy security. And it deserves some attention. The good news is there are four chairmen up on the Hill now, uh, Senator Grassley, uh, Congressman Jordan, Congressman DeSantis, Congressman Nunez, uh, that are now starting to dig in. And I think Trey Gowdy will join them. And they're starting to put out subpoenas and document requests. And I think we're going to learn some stuff this fall and early next year. What about the Senate Intelligence Committee led by Richard Burr? It's unclear what, if anything, they are looking at this. And uh, they've done a lot of things very quietly. So it's, you know, they may be looking at the historical uh, trend lines here. You would hope that if they were going to look at the Russia uh, issue, that they would look at it from a, a 10, 20 year perspective, because things didn't just suddenly happen in 2016. And over the last few weeks, we learned that the FBI uh, realized that Mrs. Clinton was almost compromised by a Russian spy. They had a rush, roll up a Russian spy ring because that Russian spy was getting closer to her. We know the money that changed hands. Uh, we learned. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop a second, Stepsy. Yeah. Tell me about this Russian spy ring. So we all remember Anna Chapman. Remember the famous spy that uh, was so good looking? She later became a model and, uh, and a uh, television personality in, in Russia. In 2010, uh, she was arrested by the FBI and was the face of this 10 person Russian spy ring. What we didn't know or what we didn't pay close attention to back then was that another one of the spies, a more mundane looking one, posing as a accountant in New York City, had gotten into the employ of Alan Patrikoff. She had been instructed by Russia's SVR intelligence agency to use that access to Alan Patrikoff to get close to Mrs. Clinton. Alan Patrikoff was a major Democratic donor, one of the big patrons of the Clinton money machine. And uh, because she was advancing so quickly, they had to roll up this whole 10-person ring back in 2010. The media really didn't catch the significance of, of Hillary Clinton and, and the uh, potential exposure there. I got the former chief of the counterintelligence division of FBI to say, we rolled up that ring specifically because uh, that spy was getting too close to Mrs. Clinton. That's incredible. Let me ask you this, John Solomon. Uh, Bob Mueller, as his friends call him, Robert Mueller III, sure. now special counsel, former FBI director. I want you to remind my audience, um, here we have the Russians essentially acquiring 20% control of American uranium. Was he not the FBI director through most of this? He was absolutely FBI director. What did he do about it? Well, that is a great question. Now, our reporting indicates that he was briefed, uh, and early on, like before the CFIUS decision was made or before many other valuable decisions that were made. Everybody's focused just on the Uranium One approval, but Barack Obama took Rosatom off the restricted exports list. Let's slow down. Rosatom is the Russian state company close to Putin. Right. That's and this, right. this, 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 this the, Uranium One. They own Uranium One, and this other thing you're talking about is this committee of nine, as I understand it. Right. That controls, that votes on these decisions as applies to, among other things, uranium. Go ahead. That's right. Now, the uranium one was an important uh, purchase for the Russians, but it wasn't the only gift, the only giveaway, the only good thing they got from Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton's administration. It, uh, they were removed. Uh, they had been on a restricted list where they couldn't export anything without special permission. They were suddenly removed from that list by Barack Obama. They suddenly signed a $2.8 billion uh, contract with USEC, the uh, American Uranium Enrichment Corp. Uh, all these things were being showered upon Rosatom at the very moment that 
the FBI knew that Rosatom, through its American arm, Tenex, Tenem, was engaged in criminality. And so we know Robert Mueller was briefed because that's what the undercover informant has now said publicly through his lawyer. We believe the FBI may have told Barack Obama. The question is when. So uh, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered about what the FBI did with this information. Did they keep it secret? Did they tell Barack Obama? Was there willful ignorance or bureaucratic blundering? And we don't know the answer to that because right now the FBI won't say what Mueller knew when. Which is incredible to me. Uh, the FBI is not in the Constitution. It's part of the executive branch. Congress is in the Constitution. John Solomon, let me ask you this question. Is it at least conceivable? Now we know that the Russians, and we have known, but, but even more so, are assisting the Iranians in building another nuclear power plant. Sure. And they're shoring up that. their, and they're shoring up their control of these various uranium assets, including in our country. You've just indicated that some uranium has in fact been exported out of the United States. Isn't it at least conceivable that some of that uranium could wind up with Iran? That is the biggest concern that every member of Congress who was paying attention in 2010 and 2011 had, which is, hey, we don't know yet whether Russia is a good or bad actor in Iran. The president sent a statement to the Congress in 2010 saying, trust me on this one, they're being good actors in Iran. But as we know, they weren't very friendly to us a few years later when uh, the Ukraine invasion began. And and so uh, we don't know. And that's one of the things that, that why Congress had to be assured repeatedly, don't worry, we're not going to let Rosatom uranium when export any of this. And we now know that was a lie, that that was not true. Once it leaves the Canadian market, goes to Canada, Canada goes to Europe, it gets harder and harder for us to track where that ultimately ended up. And that is the concern. And I, in talking to members of Congress today, they've assured me they're going to try to find out that answer. You know, I remember the good old days when we had export uh, controls uh, that were at a very high level when it applied to enemy or adversary countries. And we were controlling materiel, we were controlling technology. I'm not talking about everyday commerce, that sort of stuff, as you know. And uh, this regime sat at the State Department, so significant were these controls. And I remember those days, and then I think here, when you sit back just as an average citizen and you look at the, how the hell did we allow Russia to get control of 20% of our uranium? I mean, I know you know how and so forth and so but you sit back and you say to yourself, this is the most outrageous scandal that I can ever remember. There are no doubt real national security implications that clearly weren't aired enough back in 2010 and 2011. There's no doubt about it. Now, the number 20% is fungible, right? At some uh, In 2010, it was 20%. Today, it's 14%, depending on how much ore is pulled out of the One ground. 1% is enough. It's, it's, it's a lot. But the more important thing of what Russia was trying to do, and we're going to write on this next week, it's going to be a really important story. There, the FBI wasn't the only one concerned about Russia and uranium domination. There was another agency inside the Commerce Department that was raising red flags that what it looked like Russia was trying to do was to get enough uranium that it could dump it on the market, lower the price, drive every other uh, person that has to run in a free market economy, right, and has to make ends meet, drive them out of business, and then Russia would have a monopoly on the uranium market. That concern was being raised to the President of the United States in real time. It doesn't appear that Congress paid any attention to it. But I think when we look at this, Russia had a very clear domination strategy, and we were playing into it, thinking that by giving them all these good uh, deals that they would suddenly become friendly to us. What did they do? They invaded Ukraine. They blew us off. They meddled in our 2016 election. 
And uh, I think the, 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 the bet that Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama made when people look back at it in history, it's not going to have been a good move for us. Well, I want to thank you for your reporting. I'm glad you're keeping at it. And uh, just look over your shoulder every now and then. That's all. <laughs> That's good advice. Thanks, Mark. All right, John Solomon. God bless. What an, this is a real reporter. This is a real reporter. He doesn't sit at his desk waiting for leaks to come in as they do at the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost and MSLSD and the Constipated News Network. No, no, they're not just, wow, what a great reporter. Let's give that guy a Pulitzer Prize. No, no. This guy digs and digs and goes after his contacts and gets information. And he has done not just great reporting, a great favor for the American people. The more we learn about what's taken place here. This kind of a journalist today is very, very rare. I think there's about eight, nine, ten of them max. But uh, this is the kind of reporting that used to be done. And it wasn't that long ago when this would be such an incredible scandal. And Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Mueller, uh, Comey later, Barack Obama, all of them. All of them would be shamed and disgraced. But now all of them are held up as some... Uh, Great celebrities, great patriots. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, footnote. Robert Spencer, who's been chasing down jihadis for decades, he asks a very interesting question. What if Home Depot had refused to rent a truck to say Fulo Saipov, the subhuman barbarian who slaughtered those eight people in New York? What if Home Depot said, no, we're not renting you a truck? They would have been sued, wouldn't they? And I'll bet they would have been sued by care, as a matter of fact. I suspect. Just my opinion. You know, uh, Hillsdale College, they provide curriculum, train the faculty, help set up guidelines for choosing teachers and boards and providing ongoing support and service for wonderful, wonderful charter schools. They do it all for no charge at all. It's called the Barney Charter School Initiative, named after a benefactor who truly understands the future of our nation and he understands that it depends on how we educate our kids. Hillsdale and their many donors know that the strength of our nation depends on having an educated citizenry. That's why Hillsdale provides you with free online constitution and other courses, their free speech digest and primus, and now free help for those interested in running world-class charter schools. It's an amazing college. And of course, on their main campus, Hillsdale provides a rich liberal arts education that teaches college students to learn, to pursue truth, and defend liberty. Hillsdale does all this without a penny of taxpayer money. Not a penny. And you can learn more about Hillsdale College, all that they're doing. You can learn more about the K-12 through Barney Charter Schools at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, many, many years ago, when Hillsdale College and their great president, Larry Arn, a dear friend of mine, when they were deciding whether or not to sponsor talk radio programs, they started with this show. They started with the Levin Show. 
given my interest in and background in constitutional conservatism, the Declaration of Independence, and all the rest. And because you folks are very interested in what Hillsdale does, and you go to their websites, and you want to get a copy of Imprimus, and you want to learn about these different things that only Hillsdale can teach, it became enormously successful, and they've been a sponsor ever since, and they've sponsored some of the other talk show hosts. So we're very, very proud of our relationship with Dr. Larry Arn and his board in Hillsdale College. And I want to strongly encourage you to check them out. LevinforHillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's plenty of rotten universities and colleges. This is a diamond in the rough, as they say. Absolute diamond in the rough. What if Home Depot had refused to rent a truck to that subhuman barbarian? You know damn well they would have been in federal court. They would have been accused of every imaginable offense. They would have been boycotted and so forth and so on. And yet, and yet, the subhuman barbarian wins the lottery, our immigration lottery that the vast majority of us never heard of before. A Chuck Schumer special, regardless of those who pretend otherwise. The lottery. All right, let's take some quick calls. Ben, Los, where are you, Ben, in California? I never heard of this before. Oh, Los Osos is right next to, it's in Morro Bay, next to Morro Bay, California, San Luis Obispo, California. Los Osos, California. All right, my friend, on Sirius Satellite, how are you? Good. Hey, I'm reading reading from the uh, tax report, uh, MSCPA in California, and uh, this report is put out by um, Committee on Ways and Means Chairman Kevin Brady. And I'm going through it. I think there's an awful lot of smoke and mirrors that aren't being reported. They're they're very excited about doubling the standard deduction, and then they kind of whisper at the same time they're going to disallow personal exemptions. So let's just say if you had a a married couple with with two children, they're going to have each exemption is worth four thousand dollars a piece. Currently, it's four thousand fifty. Let's just four thousand. That's sixteen thousand dollars, and their standard deduction is roughly twelve thousand nine hundred. So. So if you have that twenty-eight thousand or whatever the number is, if you lose those three exemptions and you and you're going to double your standard deduction to twenty-four thousand dollars, you just lost out on a four thousand dollar deduction. And and what they say is, well, we're going to replace that with, which they've currently had a a tax credit of a thousand dollars, which will go to sixteen hundred dollars per kid. That's a, that's if your income is under two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. And and then oh, my been, eyes are rolling over. I I okay. hated I hated yep. math. Just so yeah. you know. What's the bottom line? Well, the bottom line, I, I think, I think that they found a way to pay for the corporate tax cuts, and that's going to be through everybody's going to pay more taxes. I don't, I don't buy this that that you're going to save money because I'm reading through this. They're saying there'll be no more medical deductions. So let's just say you have an elderly couple, and, and the husband or the wife is in assisted living, paying fifty thousand dollars a year. They currently get a deduction on that. They're saying no more deduction, not not the ten percent. We're going to zero medical deductions. Here's another one they threw in there, alimony. You will not be able to deduct alimony, and the person receiving it will no longer have to pay taxes on that. I can't imagine that's going to be very popular in divorce situations. Uh, they're also putting in there no moving expenses and no more reimbursement expenses. So if you take a new job and move somewhere, uh, you will no longer be able to deduct those expenses. I wanted to read you something in their bill, which is like this is typical government that they say if we they change the standard deduction by doubling it or whatever they're saying, that will reduce the revenues by $921 billion over 10 years. 
at the same time, by the repeal of the personal exemptions, that will increase the revenues by $1,562 billion, as you love to say, which is $1.5 trillion. So by doubling your standard deduction, that'll increase taxes, I mean, reduce taxes by $920 billion. But by getting rid of the personal exemptions, that's going to increase it by I'll tell you what, I I don't want to lose you yet. I want to carry over to the next area. Can you hold on, Ben? Sure. Ben, our Levin Radio CPA. We'll be right back with Ben. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We're covering a lot of territory tonight. I want to get back to uh, Ben Los Asos, California. On Sirius Satellite, a CPA. I'm ben, uh, what you're telling me is they're giving with one hand and taking with another and taking a lot with another, correct? That's 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 the way I'm reading it because, I mean, I was going down the list and there's there's another one that that they sell the. This primary. is the Republican tax plan. Go ahead. Yeah, and this and this is this is from the House Ways prepared by Way, House Ways and Means Committee Majority Tax Staff is what it says. But the but they're, where they're taking away your medical deductions, I just keep seeing how all these different people are going to get hurt. And they they talk about changing the bracket, so they forgot to mention there's also a 10% tax bracket that is from zero to eighteen thousand five hundred and fifty dollars for a married couple. Well, that's going to start at 12%. So you're going to yeah, well, I understand that because they're taking right. even more people off the rolls. So right. these so-called but, truly poor income earners are going to pay zero. Well, and that doubling what they're already paying, I think, so the of zero. But, but the other one they're doing, too, is sale of a primary residence. So it currently, if you if you own a house two out of five years and you have a gain, you can have up to $250,000 a piece and, and, and not have to worry about paying taxes on that, which is, you know, it's been nice for a lot of people that have had, you know. That's been place. in place for like 30 years. Well, that one, I think, came out in the 1990s. It used to be the $125,000 rule, but but. What what is really amazing about that? How they always like to uh, tax you on your gains, but we have a th- if you lose money, you only get to write off three thousand dollars a year for the rest of your life, and that's been three thousand dollars probably since the nineteen seventies. But if you have a gain, they want to tax you on it. Well, they want to change that two out of five years to five out of eight years, so you have to live in that house five five years. And I know a lot of people laugh saying that doesn't affect them, but there's a lot of people in the country that it does. And, and and so I'm thinking that if you're if you're going to want to tax the gain, or you know not allow them to sell it in time, that's that's not fair to limit the three thousand dollar loss. But the other one that's for working families is they want to repeal in that bill. It says the dependent care expenses, so people can currently have five thousand dollars a year withheld from their pay, and that's not taxable. And a lot of, if you have a cap. Uh, but, 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 but slow down. Explain okay. that. Explain that a little more slowly. Okay. So many people have employers that will offer them what's called a Section 125 or cafeteria plan. And you can have different expenses like unreimbursed medical expenses pulled out pre-tax. And then you, you put in for a reimbursement and you can get those back. 
uh, and it'll save you taxes. But and that's one area. It looks like that's going to go to zero also. But there's another area that a lot of younger families use, and it's dependent care credit. So instead of taking the credit, they can have up to five thousand dollars a year withheld from their pay. And they submit reimbursement expenses, and they get that money paid for. Now, now, let me ask you this. Where are all the rich tax cuts that we keep hearing about from the Democrats? Well, well, right. They're not, they're, I don't see that anybody's getting a tax cut. Well, this is what I keep saying, tax cuts for the rich. And uh, I'm not aware, you know, I have to admit, I'm considered rich. I don't, I'm not aware of any tax cuts I'm getting. What are they talking about? Well, well, they're not. And then when you when you start losing your state income tax expense deduction and your property tax deduction. Well, let's talk about that. They're going to cap the property tax deduction at ten thousand dollars. Right. That is crazy. I, in, in other words, I understand where they're coming from, but again, whatever happened to across the? They say this is the biggest tax cut in American history. No, it's not. No. I I lived during the Reagan tax cuts. Those were the biggest tax cuts in American history. There weren't, there weren't games like this. They, he slashed them across the board for everybody. The top rate went from 70% eventually down to 28%. He didn't play this Marxist class warfare crap. Businesses succeeded enormously. He slashed the, inc- the corporate income tax, but he also made it possible to write off capital investment and capital equipment faster. There were so many things that were done in a massive way that created massive economic growth, wealth creation, uh, enormous increase in employment and so forth. How dare they say this is the greatest tax cut in American history? You know what it is? It's a deduction cut. We're going to take your deductions away from you. We're going to reduce your rate just a little tiny bit, but we're going to take away a lot of your deductions. So when you watch my right hand, I'm going to slap you with the left hand, and I'm going to take your deductions away from you. You're going to pay more taxes. Because, you know, a couple. Of, one other thing I wanted to mention is there's one called a casualty loss. And let's just say your house burns down to the ground and, and you don't have insurance and I lose $300,000, I have to pay for it, or I'm robbed and someone loses a bunch of money. You can write that off on your tax return. You, you, you're limited to 10% of your income. So if someone makes you know $500,000 a year, let's just say that, they can't write off the first 10% or 50 grand, but they can write off the rest of it because they lost, they lost that in the fire or whatever else. That's, that's listed to go away. We're not going to let you write off your losses. And I think, wow, you know, they're and and there's a, they're also trying to take away uh, encouragement. You can't have HSA accounts. I thought this was gonna they're, they're taking away things. Health savings supposed, accounts. Yeah, so if they want to replace Obamacare, supposedly health savings accounts are fantastic way to go. In the bill, they're getting rid of them. It, it, it's everything I'm reading about this. I am so disgusted with the Republican Party that I. I might as well, Nancy Pelosi might as well have written this stuff for them because this is insanity. And in, in, in what we're seeing on the property taxes, I was laughing. The Republicans came out today as I'm listening to them saying, you know what this will do? This will get states like California to lower their state income taxes. That is about the stupidest comment I've ever heard of. Really? Go meet Jerry Brown mm-hmm. and all the kooks in Sacramento and see that they're going to lower our tax rates. They just changed our, raised our gas tax yesterday 20 cents a gallon and diesel 25 cents a gallon. And we're going to raise your DMV rates, too. And so that's going to help us. It's like, this is crazy. So it won't make them lower our tax rates. And so the states are, are, are raping us. And the federal is lying to us. It's like we're going to pay for the corporate tax rates with everybody else's money. And so they're, they're, it's not a tax cut to me. It's a deduction cut is what they should call it. So they're reducing rates but eliminating deductions. Right. And I, I, 
think they, that their their goal is, which a lot of people, I mean, I'm a tax preparer, so people are like, oh, is your, you're fighting for your job. Well, I'm, whatever. But what they need to be aware of, though, is if the goal is to get a nice flat tax rate. Well, but remember, the individual income tax rate started in 1916 at 1%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they promised President Coolidge it would never affect the top anybody. It would only affect the top 5% earners. And that Congress promised that, and the rate would never go above 1%. Well, now we see what a, what a bunch of nonsense it is. It, it's it's completely, you know, out of control rates, and it's affecting more and more people. And and uh, the phase and, out. And even though they're doing all this, which you're right, is disgraceful. I thought maybe we were getting 85 percent of what we want. Now that I've listened to you, that's that's clearly not the case. Um, the Democrats are still playing class warfare, like yeah. like the rich are getting away with. And I'm sitting here, and what exactly are the rich getting away with? Well. Uh, I'm not sure what they're getting away with, but but I think that the the corporations. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm not trying. To, I'm pro corporation. I have no problem with the corporate cuts. What's bothering me here? They will not cut government, and right. so what they're focused on is are we're concerned about revenue, concerned about revenue. So we'll cut here, we'll take here. Uh, uh, the writ, and, and they're even been flirting with this millionaires tax, which is about as a Marxist as it can get. And and I'm listening to all this stuff. I'm saying they never talk about cutting government. So they really don't want the revenue to reduce. They want to increase the revenue. They're going to increase the debt. They're going to increase the annual deficits, and they will not cut domestic spending. There's nothing that they want to do about domestic spending. It's just how, how do we take more from you, and we'll figure out other ways to spend it. But it's, yeah, there's there's no talk. Like I said, this whole bill doesn't talk, but, it, but it's amazing. They have all kinds of uh, exemptions. They're talking about professional stadiums that they, they'll let, you know, They'll give them some breaks, and uh, it's kind of. I, I thought the I thought the, I read somewhere that uh, that sports owners who want new stadiums are going to actually get hurt by this bill. A lot of the federal uh, subsidies are are going to go away. You well, don't see that? Interest, interest on the bonds used to finance it would uh, what they're saying would, would not be deductible. Well, big deal. You know that really affects most of us, doesn't it? In fact, the they're according to them that would increase revenues by 0.2 billion dollars over 10 years. So. That, that's a that's a real that's a real big help, isn't it? So 0.2 billion dollars over 10 years is 20 is uh, is is 200 million dollars a year for 10 years. Is that right? Yeah. So 20 million dollars a year. It's like 20 wow, million. That's 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 a really great idea. But but in the meantime, we can get rid of your personal exemptions, and we're gonna we're gonna receive 1.5 trillion dollars more in income over 10 years. So that's what the common people are going to be paying because. And people need to realize on that is that when you make over about three hundred thousand dollars a year, you're you're paying uh, alternative minimum tax, which supposedly they're going to repeal that. I'll believe see that we'll be believing it, but a lot of people don't get that exemption deduction. It is people under under probably three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year that that need the personal exemptions, and if they're going to raise one point five trillion dollars over ten years by getting rid of that. Who do you think's paying for that? That's the middle class. This is not going to help the middle class. This is going to be a sting to the middle class. It'll help some that rent, and it will hurt those that buy. So, when you have younger in California, we have younger families that are trying to buy homes. If they can't, let me, rent let, me, up, let me ask you about that in buying homes. If you're going to cap the deductions on property taxes, and you're starting to mess around with the mortgage interest deductions, even though I understand they're they're, they're significant. You're going to start hurting the commercial and residential real estate markets again, are you not? Absolutely. They would decrease the value because why would you go out and buy when it's the same to rent? You'll, you'll be 
And then if you have interest rates coming up, sounds like our new um, Fed chairman wants to raise interest rates, which I'm not opposed to, but when you do that, values come down too. So if you have a double double hit at the same time, you could really hurt people's values of home. So their five out of eight-year rule might be fine because you'll probably never make money on your house again the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is about as asinine as I think they could have come up with. And I don't know who they, they consulted with, but this is crazy. It's All right, Ben. I much appreciate your call. I really Thank do. You. Thank you. Love you. Your show. Shout Thank out you. Okay, bye. Thank you for edifying us. Isn't that amazing? Now, I learned a great deal. I'm, I'm no accountant, let alone a CPA. I'm not a numbers guy. I've never been good at it. Well, within limits. Wow. No wonder they were trying to lobby me to support this. I wouldn't take anybody's calls. I wouldn't take anybody's calls. We want to look at this independently. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We have another accountant, Todd Flint, Michigan, Sirius Satellite. How are you, sir? Hey, Mark. How are you? Great to be well, here. Hey. I am an accountant, I'm a CPA, I'm in Flint, Michigan, I'm very frustrated by this, at least what this proposal appears to be, and I've told people for years that it really doesn't matter who's in office, Republican or Democrat, it's always a shell game. It's moved the tax rate for a deduction, you know, replace the ordinary tax with the the, uh, alternative minimum tax. It's more complicated now than it ever has been for all the talk of simplicity, you know, talk from both sides over the years that we need it to be simpler, simpler, simpler. Every time that gets said, it gets worse. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge fan of your Liberty Amendments book. The one thing that I would change is I would argue in favor of a sales tax versus an income tax. All right, let me slow you down a second, because I put in there that either is fine with me. But that said, you agree with Ben, the prior caller from the CPA from California, that they take a lot of these common and important deductions away for uh, for many families in this country? Are you talking about the, the proposed law or under a sales tax? I'm talking, no, no, no. I'm talking about what the Republicans are proposing. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, again, it's the shell game. It's the tell people you're giving them a tax break and it, because the rate is lower. Make it effectively not really any different because the deductions are different. It's a shell game. It always has been a shell game. The income tax system has been a shell game for my entire life. I'm 50. All right, my friend. Appreciate your call. Let's go to Rick, Rockford, Illinois, listening to the great WROK. Rick, our a truck driver friend. How are you, sir? Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Boy, your, your last two callers were great. That's exactly what it is, a shell game. You know, I'll give you a real-world example. I'm a truck driver. I'm making the upper 60s. I work for a company, so I'm not self-employed. I'm losing the personal deduction of $4,000, a personal exemption of $4,000, and I'm losing all of my per-day travel expenses, which has been $63 per day that I'm on the road as an over-the-road truck driver. I lose that, and it gets replaced with a $12,000 deduction. My net, after losing that, after losing the state sales tax deduction, I mean the state income tax deduction, and losing the HSA, uh, the HS tax deduction for the HSA account, I'm, I'm going to be in the hole $2,000. At mm-hmm. least $2,000, my taxes are going up. 
And I'm just a, a, a truck driver making, like I said, the upper 60s. That's it. And I'm very, very disappointed in it. I wouldn't mind paying more in taxes if we had real, substantive tax reform. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be the, the, you know, that would be ideal. Then I, then I wouldn't mind it. I don't mind paying, quote, my fair share. But with what's going on here, no way. This is not a good plan at all. What's the point of all this? Getting a tax deduction. Rick, Rick what do you think the point of all this is? I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure it helps some people, but like your last caller said, I think it's a show game. You're, you're moving one from one area to another, I don't see how we're reducing anybody, you know, making a significant gain in, in the impact. See, I, I think a couple of things are going on here. Tell me if you agree or disagree. I think a couple of things are going on here. Number one, the President of the United States, rightly from a political perspective, wants a victory because the Republicans are dysfunctional and they haven't delivered him any legislation that he can sign. Um, to advance his campaign promises. And so at least he keeps saying this is the biggest tax cut in American history. That is simply false. But he, he, he wants to support this because he's probably figuring this is the best we can get out of this Senate and the House. And yet his staff, his Treasury Secretary, his uh, head of the, uh, his economic advisor, this guy uh, Cohen, who I'm no fan of, uh, they've been involved in uh, developing this plan too. And they're all cheerleading. Oh, we got to pass this, and we got to have a victory. We got so that's the politics of it. On the economic side, we do need a big cut for businesses, corporations in this country. <clears throat> we want them to hire more people. We want them to invest in this country. We want them to return to this country. So what they've decided is we want this to be essentially revenue neutral. Well, if it's going to be revenue neutral, then you're going to have to go back and and um, and mess around with a whole lot of deductions that people have. And in fact, you say you're reducing their rate, but you're eliminating many of these deductions. And the big element that's missing here, Rick, they won't cut government. They won't cut the size of government. They can talk about revenue neutrality. How about slashing the size of the government, except for defense, which has been slashed horribly under the Obama years? They will not do it. So this is the pickle that they create here. Yeah, I'm so tired of hearing how are we going to, quote, pay for these tax tax cuts? How are you going to pay for them? You don't pay for tax cuts. You don't pay for letting the American people keep more of their own money. Exactly. You pay for things. You, you you stop paying for more programs. You cut spending. That's how you pay. You, cut, you stop for the, spending. You shrink government. You stop redistributing wealth. You do the things the government's supposed to do and stop doing the things the government's not supposed to do. And uh, that's the problem. And when you bring it up, you're considered a right-wing kook, radical conspiracy theorist, and so forth and so on. Rick, I want to thank you very, very much. Keep on trucking out there, brother. And good luck to you. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the conscience of conservatism. Call Mark now at 877-381-3811. Somebody call my buddy Teddy. Linda, you're out there. Wake up, Teddy. It's the 10-day Genocide Warehouse Clearance event. Now it's the last week. Hello? It's the last week that Chamonix will double your Genocide order absolutely free. 
Genesil is a natural plant stem cell treatment with advanced peptides for those annoying bags and puffiness under the eyes. And with its Genesil immediate effects, you'll see amazing results in less than 12 hours. Call now for double your order of Genesil for free. And if you don't see results, you don't pay. Genesil comes with a 100%, no questions asked, 60-day money-back guarantee. Let me repeat that. Genesil comes with a 100%, no questions asked, 60-day money-back guarantee. Gets better. Call now for a two-month supply of the legendary Deep Firming Serum, also free. And call quickly in the next 20 minutes. You'll get a free two-month supply of Esotique RF, Chamonix's legendary wrinkle treatment, free. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's four free gifts. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or visit Genesel.com. Double your Genesel order. Get the Deep Firming Serum and Esotique free for a limited time. Order now and get a surprise luxury gift, also free. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. That's 800-SKIN-604. Okay? It's the 10-day Genesel Warehouse Clearance event, and now it's in its last week. Act now. Act now. You've got nothing to lose. There's no risk. You know, uh, Manafort and his lawyers, uh, you know, they get to answer the charges that were brought against him. And it's been covered very sparingly. Very, very sparingly. Because they answered today. The Associated Depressed had a very, uh, well, weak uh, story, very weak coverage of the Manafort response. Here's the title, just to give you an example of where they're coming from, because they want to keep getting leaks from Mueller and his staff, you see. Manafort attacks special counsel's case as embellished. No, Manafort is responding to the case. That's what you do. It's America. You actually get to, to lay out your response and defend yourself. So in the court filing today, attorneys for Paul Manafort defended him as a successful international political consultant who by nature of his work on behalf of foreign political parties was necessarily involved in international financial transactions. They say Manafort, who led Trump's campaign for several months last year, has done nothing wrong and doesn't pose a risk of fleeing the country. Now, it's amazing. He's under house arrest because they think he might flee the country. They should put Hillary under house arrest because I'm concerned she'll flee the country. Given all the dirt that she's been involved in. Both men appeared in federal court, as you well know. Judge ruled that they would remain on home confinement and electronic monitoring, at least through the weekend. Electronic monitoring. This is, by the way, an Obama judge. Mass murderers don't get treated like this. Attorneys for Manafort, 68, and Gates, 45, are asking U.S. District Judge Amy Berman Jackson to release them while they await trial. And by the way, that's rather typical, saying the bonds are enough to ensure they show up for court, millions and millions of dollars in bonds. The judge said she would take up the matter again at a hearing next Monday. Let's see. Prosecutors disclosed additional details about the wealth and international connections of uh, Hillary and Bill Clinton. I mean, uh, Manafort and Gates in a court filing Tuesday, as you know. 
Prosecutors note that Manafort has provided widely different accounts of his assets in the past few years. So here, this is an article ostensibly about what the defense is saying, and they keep repeating what the prosecution says, right? I'm just showing you. Manafort has three passports. And prosecutors say that in March, he registered a phone and an email account using an alias. Is that illegal, by the way? Just curious. He then used that phone to travel to China, Mexico, and Ecuador. The court filings do not say what alias he used, and I'm trying to figure out what crime he committed in doing that. In a response today, Manafort's attorney, Kevin Downing, countered that the passports are in his client's name and noted that though it may be surprising to some, it's perfectly permissible to have more than one American passport. He dismissed the allegation that Manafort was a flight risk, saying his client has traveled abroad and returned to the U.S., all while being well aware that he was under federal investigation and, a, and faced a possible criminal indictment. Downing also denied that Manafort was involved in any criminal activity related to his Ukrainian work. All funds that went through offshore bank accounts were from legal sources, he said, and he's addressing this money laundering allegation. And by the way, the prosecutor in their indictment did not explain how the funds were criminally criminally obtained. Says Manafort was not trying to conceal his assets, noting that funds originating in the Ukraine and going through Cyprus ultimately came to the United States. Obviously, international funds entering the U.S. banking system or going to U.S. vendors are traceable and subject to U.S. process, Downing said, Manafort's lawyer goes without saying that in an international scheme to conceal assets, individuals generally move them offshore, not onshore, into the United States. The defense lawyers also challenged the inclusion in the indictment of allegations that Manafort failed to register as a foreign agent with the Justice Department. Remember, Andy McCarthy and I had this discussion a few days ago. We are not aware of any cases, and if there are, they're minimal, where people are actually charged for not registering as a foreign agent. The government basically tells them, get on with it and register. The Justice Department, they said, has brought only six criminal prosecutions under the statute since 1966 and secured only one conviction during that period. Six cases like this have brought in half a century with one conviction. One conviction. And I guarantee you, nobody's talking about this today but me. Nobody's talking about this t- today but me, because nobody wants to be associated with this. I'm not associated with this. I'm just calling balls and strikes here. Just calling balls and strikes. In a separate filing, Gates's attorney, Shanlin Wu, said his client is not a flight risk, poses no danger to the community, does not need to be confined to his home to ensure he won't flee. Are these men going to be confined to their homes for five years? Litigation like this can go on for five years. Are they going to be confined to their homes with electronic devices on their ankles or on their wrists for five years? Am I the only one who's a civil libertarian around here is concerned about this? They're guilty? Fine, throw the book at them. But don't chain them, in essence. Describing Gates as a devoted husband and very involved father, Wu asked that the judge allow his client to travel domestically as well as abroad so he can maintain his current consulting clients and attract new ones. I mean, they do have to pay their legal bills. 
Without the ability to travel, he won't be able to support his wife and children, who range in the age from 6 to 14 years old, Wu said. It's unthinkable that he would abandon his family, close friends, and local community to flee to some other country, even in the face of these unproven allegations, Wu wrote. Listen to this one. Today, Mr. Mueller filed court papers seeking to restrain Manafort from selling, drawing on, or transferring a life insurance policy. They're seeking to seize the policy, saying they believe it is the proceeds of criminal conduct. That's not what they're seeking to do. They want to bankrupt him. And they want to make it almost impossible for him to pay his lawyers. And then they want his lawyers to be sweating it out. Because they're not getting paid. You understand what I'm saying? The idea that they would go after an insurance policy really is grotesque. Absolutely grotesque. And so they're going to drain his resources. They're going to drain his resources by ramping up the expenses he has to be paying for his lawyers. I'll bet he's paying $1,000 an hour. He's got no effective regular source of income. They won't let them leave their homes. They won't let them travel throughout the United States, let alone the world. These are men who conduct their business internationally, whether we like it or not. They're consultants. They're lobbyists. If you stop them from being consultants and lobbyists, if you do not allow them to leave their homes, if you're going after their assets on the claim that all the assets are ill-gotten, just the claim without the proof you're going after his insurance policy, where he's probably trying to sell his insurance policy to pay his legal bills. Now you understand what I'm talking about when we talk about a completely out of control special counsel, a man who was the director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation when virtually all of this was said to have taken place from 2006 to 2014. He was the director of the FBI from 2001 to 2013, and somehow... These crimes of the century that were being committed escaped the FBI director throughout his career. Escaped the Obama IRS. Escaped the Obama Justice Department. Escaped the Obama United States Attorney for Washington, D.C. Just escaped them. And despite all these allegations, ladies and gentlemen, what did I say the other day? Where are the charges for tax evasion? Now, now that I've brought them up, they may bring them. They may be bogus, but you would have thought they would have been in the first list of charges. Because one of the bases they're arguing for money laundering is to conceal these assets in banks. You don't conceal assets in banks unless you have a purpose to evade taxes or you're trying to hide uh, the nature of the money in the first place. There's no allegation, specific allegation, other than a generalized statement that the money was gotten illegally. And there's no allegation yet that they failed to pay income taxes. And if they brought the money back to the United States, as defense counsel claims, it's kind of hard to see how they wouldn't have paid income taxes. These bank records are available, ladies and gentlemen. The IRS can get them anytime they want, pretty much. And the banks are not going to fight it. This is routine, routine federal investigative activity, getting bank account records whether they're foreign bank accounts or domestic bank accounts, getting tax records. You don't have to have guns drawn, break into a guy's house at 6 a.m. when he and his wife are in bed to get this information. You don't have to do that. And you would think in the first list of indictments, 
If you're going to lay out a case against an American citizen, then lay it out. You're going to come back with tax evasion? You're going to amend your complaint? Anyway, this aspect of going after the insurance policy really is telling. Most of this is telling as far as I'm concerned. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark just defending Manafort because he's close to Trump. I don't know Manafort. And I don't even know if they're close anymore. It has nothing to do with it. Zero to do with it. Nothing to do with it whatsoever. There's a lot of people close to Trump that I want nothing to do with or I don't know or whatever it is. There's nothing to do with it. Now those of you who have listened to my, me over the years, you know full well I call him as I see him. I call them as I see them with the president. I call them as I see them with the Republicans, the Democrats, the media, even myself. I call them as I see them. You know, the uh, the downside of having an older car you love is that things start to go wrong with them. They tend to snowball. Well, for me, that's an upside. I got extended vehicle service protection for our 2010, 2010 Camaro from CarShield. So I don't worry about big repair bills anymore. Getting covered by CarShield is a great idea. It's affordable protection that can save you thousands for a covered repair. A new fuel pump, well, that can cost over $500, and replacing a water pump's over $1,000. CarShield even has plans that cover your car's computer, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield's the ultimate in extended vehicle coverage, and they get your favorite mechanic or dealership paid directly. How many times, how many times have you... You've been told by an insurance company or some service that they'll reimburse you. You don't want to be reimbursed. They should pay them directly. That's common sense. So sign up today and get 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is in the shop. Save yourself from high repair bills. Get covered by CarShield like I did before something goes wrong. Call 800-CAR-6100, 800-CAR-6100. 6100, make sure you mention Levin, code Levin, and you'll save 10%. Or visit carshield.com, that's carshield.com, use code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and you'll also save 10%. That's carshield.com, code Levin, a deductible may apply. It is a great, great protection service, it really is. Now we have another gentleman by the name of Carter Page. And he began his testimony before the House Intelligence Committee, blasting the committee, particularly Adam Schiffless. The way they have used this Russian dossier, paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign, paid for by the DNC, washed through this this uh, this Democrat law firm, uh, Perkins Coy, and this uh, bagman, if you will, this uh, lawyer, Mark Elias, who then paid for Fusion GPS, not to do what, uh, what, uh, uh, what what's that organization, that conservative, not to do what the uh, Free Beacon was doing, just basic opposition research. No, no, no. They hired an ex-British spy, who in turn used, among others, Kremlin assets, Kremlin assets, to write this 35-page smear, which was then given to the FBI, pushed out to the media, given to members of Congress like John McCain, who in turn gave it to the FBI. 
And it has allegations against this guy, Carter Page, another guy I never met, another guy I don't know. Allegations against him, and he says it's all crap. It's all BS. And they had to have used this dossier, this 35-page smear job, at least in part, if not in whole, to get that FISA warrant. Because among others who were surveilled as a result of that FISA warrant was Mr. Carter Page. This guy's been begging to testify before Congress. Apparently, he finally did. And he had particularly uh, harsh words to say about Mr. Shift. Shiftless. He was a volunteer for the Trump campaign. And he ran an energy investment firm in New York. He worked for Merrill Lynch in Moscow in the 2000s. And he called Mr. Schiff's and other Democrats' dossier, quoting, as extensive misinformation. Extensive misinformation. Who knows if he'll be charged by Mr. Mueller? Maybe he will be, maybe he won't be. But he's desperately trying to defend himself in the court of public opinion, uh, which is where the Democrats do most of their damage, quite frankly. Can somebody please explain to me why we have a special counsel ostensibly investigating Russian collusion and interference in our campaign, who's yet to investigate Hillary Clinton, who's yet to investigate the DNC, who's yet to investigate Perkins Coy, the law firm, who's yet to investigate the uh, the lawyer, Mark Elias, the go-through, who's yet to investigate Christopher Steele, the ex-British spy. Can somebody please tell me, the special counsel's out there uh, chasing... Uh, Money deals that were done in 2006 where the statute of limitations already ran. Uh, when he was FBI director, thanks to him, the statute of limitations already ran. Tell me, tell me why he doesn't include, include the kinds of information that are right in front of his face. Tell me why he doesn't get involved in the Uranium One situation. If he's going to get involved in uh, in money laundering cases that he claims occurred in 2006 to 2013... Why doesn't he get involved in uranium cases with the conveyance of 10, uh, 20% of America's uranium to Russian control? That seems like a lot of Russian collusion to me, especially since Bill Clinton got a half a million dollars. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, Donna Brazil, the disgraced former head of the DNC... Very well connected in Washington, D.C. Apparently she has a bombshell book. According to our buddy uh, Ben Shapiro over at his excellent site, The Daily Wire. Former DNC head admits Obama cleaned out the party, Hillary stole it, Bernie got robbed. Former Democrat National Committee head Donna Brazil is coming out with a new tell-all book about the chaos at the DNC during the 2016 campaign. She revealed a section of it in a at Politico. What emerges from the excerpt is a picture of Brazil as a heroine, of course, Hillary Clinton as a villainess, 
Debbie Wasserman Schultz as incompetent and lazy, and Barack Obama as the unnamed cancer that ate away at the center of the party. Here's seven revelations from Brazil's piece, so you don't have to buy the book. Number one, Brazil is rather self-aggrandizing, writes Shapiro. Brazil portrays herself as a Hercule Pierrot, sussing out malfeasance at the DNC, then stealing herself with God and soul to inform the unfortunate Bernie Sanders that he'd been jobbed. Before I called Bernie Sanders, I lit a candle in my living room and put on some gospel music, Brazil writes. I wanted to center myself for what I knew would be an emotional phone call. This comes from the same lady who leaked debate questions to Hillary Clinton to disadvantage Sanders. I mean, what a fake. Number two, Wasserman Schultz was a disaster who turned over the party to Hillary. Here's Brazil, quote, My predecessor, Florida Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz, had not been the most active chair in fundraising at a time when President Barack Obama's neglect had left the party in significant debt. As Hillary's campaign gained momentum, she resolved the party's debt and put it on a starvation diet. It had become dependent on her campaign for survival, for which she expected to wield control of its operations. So according to Brazil, Wasserman Schultz outsourced all operations of the party to Hillary's headquarters in 2015, long before the start of the primaries. Number three, Obama cleaned out the party. Brazil writes that by the time she, you know, she'll be called a racist if she's not, oh, maybe not. Brazil writes that by the time she took over, the Democratic Party was broke and $2 million in debt. According to Brazil, Obama left the party $24 million in debt, hey, sort of like the country, and his campaign wouldn't pay off the debt until election year. Furthermore, Wasserman Schultz had grown staff and allowed the DNC to pick up the check for Obama consultants. Number four, Hillary ran the party. Hillary used the debt to pick up power. They pledged to fill in the funding gap for the DNC so long as they got to run operations. Gary Gensler, chief uh, financial officer for the Hillary campaign, apparently described the party as fully under the control of Hillary's campaign, which seemed to confirm the suspicions of the Bernie camp. The campaign had the DNC on life support, giving it money every month to meet its basic expenses, while the campaign was using the party as a fundraising clearinghouse. Number five. Hillary essentially laundered campaign money through the DNC. Hillary raised an enormous amount of money for the DNC, but virtually all the money went to Hillary's campaign. Hey, what happened to spread the wealth? Less than half of 1% of all money Hillary raised from her fundraisers went to the states. Brazil explains... She wrote, when the Politico story described this arrangement as essentially money laundering for the Clinton campaign, Hillary's people were outraged at being accused of doing something shady. Bernie's people were angry for their own reasons, saying this was part of a calculated strategy to throw the nomination to Hillary. Well, that Bernie really is a bright bulb and a sharp tack, isn't he, ladies and gentlemen? For an old-time red. Number six, Bernie got jobbed. The party ran as an adjunct to the Hillary campaign long before the primaries, meaning that Bernie was at a severe disadvantage. Well, it didn't help that he was a commie. Bernie admits as much. Quote, the funding arrangement with HFA and the Victory Fund, that agreement was not illegal, but it sure looked unethical. If the fight had been fair, one campaign would not have control of the party before the voters had decided which one they wanted to lead. Now, I must say... Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat. And now all of a sudden he's whining like a stuck pig. 
Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat. Now, he shifted to being a Democrat during the primary and then shifted out of it again. So, I, I mean, everybody's wringing their hands here, but the fact of the matter is, if you're going to run as a Democrat only for a few months and only because you want to use the party apparatus to propel your Marxist ideology, and you really have never been a Democrat, you're a socialist Democrat, as he likes to uh, call himself, then what's all the fuss about the Democrat Party being in the tank for Hillary? Just saying. Number seven, Brazil and everyone else sees Bernie as the future of the party. He's the future of a party he doesn't even belong to officially? That's fascinating. Sanders may have lost the battle, but he won the war. If he'd won the nomination, he may have lost to Trump, but in losing to Clinton, he stamped himself as a fallen hero. Now he looks like an anti-corruption fighter who was willing to take the hit in order to defeat Trump, since Brazil writes that he was a good soldier even after finding out the DNC cheated him. Um, isn't his wife under investigation by the FBI? We didn't even need a special counsel for that. Just the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office. Just wanted to mention that to have a complete uh, or a more complete story of the great late Bernie Sanders, the corruption fighter. And, uh, of course, uh, he was really screwed by a party who he wanted to use to propel his Marxism. And Shapiro ends, the Democratic Party is in disarray thanks to all the same players the media cheered incessantly for years, but that means that the power in the party is now located at Ben and Jerry's in Vermont. We can only hope. That would be a good thing, right? The, the party cheated Bernie. It cheated Bernie. Well, he wasn't a Democrat for most of his, uh, vast majority of his political career. It doesn't matter. The party cheated Bernie. And then Bernie became a Democrat for the purpose of getting the... The party cheated Bernie. And Bernie's the future of the Democrat Party, so Marxism is the future of the... Look, this guy's an old red. Let's stop playing games. You want to talk about Russian connections? This idiot and his adorable wife, uh, they honeymooned in Moscow. What the hell is there to see in Moscow? He honeymooned in Moscow. To see the sites, you know, the communist sites, the great statue of Stalin and Lenin. Look at that. Look at that, honey. Look at that. Anyway, uh, let's move along. Let's go to Cindy in Sykesville, Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. Oh, good evening, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. And thank you for the fellow patriots that called in earlier, Ben, and the other gentleman that was a CPA and the truck driver, Rick. You guys are fantastic, and we need to keep these conversations going, Mark, and I want to tell you why, because, you know, some evenings I have to force myself to tune in because I'm like, what's it going to be this evening? It's the same excrement sandwich, no offense to you, but I'm talking about these blood suckers in D.C., okay? And all You know, in my, in my defense, ma'am, let me just say, I spent a lot of time trying to make this show different than other shows. Uh, that's why you learned about, in an extensive way, the, the diversity lottery visa program. Now, you've heard about it all day today and yesterday, but when I really dug into it the other day, you'd never heard about it before, and I try to do that a lot. But anyway, you go ahead. And you're correct, Mark, because, you know, that was something that Kennedy, when he was alive, had that going with Schumer. And when I heard about this program, I was aghast. I was absolutely aghast. The things that they have been doing, okay, since they have been put into office, are, Mark, are you familiar with Ben, what Ben Franklin said, the old quote when he said, when the people figure out how to vote themselves money, 
the country's in for it. Of course. Yes. And that's how I feel like this has been happening over and over again. And, you know, I've been listening to everything that everybody's been talking about, and I'm really disappointed with this tax thing with Trump. I'm very disappointed. Tell I me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, who, who today exposed this tax thing? Well, it's been all over the news, but especially you, how I heard it. No, these, these CPAs who called this program. I had my own problems with it, but they called this program, gave them time to explain it, and it's enormously troubling. It You're not going to get this on most of the other shows, not because I'm smarter or better or anything else, because I run my program differently. Absolutely, and I wish I'd mark, I'd tell people about you all. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not looking, I'm not looking for help. I'm just, just explaining it in terms of your original comment. All right, Cindy, it's a very good call, and I much appreciate it. Jack, Spring Valley, New York, Sirius Satellite, go. Yes, hi. First of all, I'm a big fan uh, Thank of you, Mark, and also uh, XM125 Patriot, big fan. Yes. Keep up the great, great work. Uh, second of all, you asked a while ago, um, why, somebody tell you why Robert Mueller uh, isn't investigating the, the, the big stuff, the meaningful stuff that needs to be investigated. And the answer is, as plain as the nose on our faces, that he's tied up in the, the whole uh, wrong, uh, pattern of wrongdoing. Both well, he's certainly his, tied up in the, uh, in, in the uh, uh, uranium problem. Well, no that, question about that. That's exactly the point, is, is that how can you have a person who who kept Congress in the dark about Russian extortion and bribery to to gain their way into uh, America's uranium and national security through bribing the Clintons and the Clinton Foundation. How can you how can you have that same man investigate investigating Russia in the U.S. Um, it's absolutely a preposterous cover-up. And the fact that, um, that Jeff Sessions and the Republicans in Congress are allowing this to go on for one second further. Okay, okay. Jeff Sessions recused himself, so he's not going to do a damn thing about it. Well, but you know what? Um, this, is a different, this is a different subject matter. And and you know this is open. It's open. Which one are we talking about? The uranium the the, uh, the uranium issue? Yes, absolutely. It's a different subject matter. No, that's right. You can interpret his recusal. No, no, no. His recusal has nothing to do with that that particular scandal. Exactly. So. All right, sir. Thank you for your call. We've said all this. I'm getting a headache. No offense. We've already said all this, and I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, uh, I saw a video, and we're playing it on Levin TV tonight, of two uh, college football teams. Hamilton and Trinity Colleges. And the players are lined up on either side of the field. And the national anthem is to be played, but the speaker system failed, Mr. Producer. You know what these players did? They spontaneously began singing the national anthem. 
and it looked like players of all backgrounds, ethnicities, if you will, not one of them took a knee. Not one of them. They're not millionaires, they're students. They don't receive commercial contracts to promote you know, various forms of uh, athletic wear or shoes and so forth. Any of them have student loans. I'm sure they feel that certain respects, the system, the world has been harsh on them or unequal or whatever. But they're patriotic Americans. That sound system failed and they sang the national anthem. There are no NFL owners. There's no NFL commissioner involved. There's no players union. Just good old American students and football players. Old school, if you will. You know, there's a lot of great things going on in this country that, for the most part, don't involve politics and government. Don't involve professional football, Hollywood, the media. And they go on in this country in so many ways it's impossible to count. Infinite number of ways. Americans being kind to Americans. Americans defending Americans. Happy families. Healthy family units. People who know which bathroom to use. Which shower to use. Men and women all over this country work hard every day, they pay their taxes, they try and comply with the law, and they try and live a good life. The nation is filled with Americans, with American citizens who conduct themselves this way. We're surrounded by them. But because television, and unfortunately, too many cases in radio, and, and even the new media, social media, Because they push an agenda, which is largely an anti-civil society agenda, an anti-founding principles agenda, an anti-family agenda, an anti-faith agenda. Day in and day out, we hear depressing, frustrating, negative, bleak stories about our country and our fellow Americans. This is a great country. I'm not talking about what's happened with the federal government. That's a separate issue. This is a great country. It is a great society. It is a great culture. And so when football players who have benefited from this country, this society, and this culture disrespect the national anthem, which is representative of the people of this country, or disrespect the flag, which is representative of the people of this country, not the government, the people of this country, it is a smear of the people of this country. Absolutely and unequivocally. And I don't care how they try and twist the tail. And what's happening as a result is the NFL is losing money. The players will soon see that trickle down to their contracts as they will begin to lose money. 
They won't get paid what they want to be paid, what they demand to be paid. It's not going to happen. Sports that respect the American people will be respected by the American people. Businesses that respect the American people will be respected by the American people. The others will not be, and they will die a slow death. Some faster than others, but they will die a slow death. Because the American people, we are a great people. We're different than other people. I'm not talking about religion, skin, and all the rest of it. Heart and soul and mind, we're different. We don't like to be pushed to conformity. We're individualists. We don't like our liberty tampered with. We don't like our founding documents shredded. We love our military. We love our police. I'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Life is stressful, isn't it? Even worse, when the IRS is after you for back taxes, you may not think you owe it. They think you do. You agonize when they'll show up, seize your bank account, put a lien on your home, or garnish your wages, right? It was even worse for Lori. Lori was engaged, but knew bringing twenty-five grand of IRS debt into the marriage was no way to start her new life. So Lori did something really smart. She called the pros at Optima Tax Relief. Optimus stepped between Lori and the IRS, analyzed her case, and uncovered some game-changing facts that allowed them to settle her case in her favor. When Optima told Lori that her IRS problems were over, she called it the happiest call of her life, and her wedding was back on. Look, Optima has resolved over a half billion dollars in tax debt for their clients and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Getting your life back starts the moment you call Optima for your free consultation. I've been telling you this for years. Don't get stressed. Take action. Call their toll-free number, 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. Now, Mr. Mueller's office is leaking again, and they're leaking that... Not only are they investigating Tony Podesta, but they might be investigating one of his partners, another lobbyist by the name of Vin Weber, a former Republican of, uh, of long ago and of long time. He was a Republican uh, for a long time. I'm, I'm honestly scratching my head. If these men should be investigated, I got it. We have all over the country United States attorneys. They're the federal prosecutors in each district that's set up by Congress. There's one, as an example, for the District of Columbia. Some states have multiple USAs. Some have one, like Alabama, as an example, has a U.S. attorney for the entire state, as do other states. But the point is, this is the kind of thing that federal prosecutors, United States attorneys, officers, or the public integrity section of the criminal division of the Justice Department, that's what they're supposed to be doing day in and day out on a regular basis, right? We have a special counsel who's supposed to be investigating collusion between Russia and whomever. 
who's chasing down what appears to be, quote-unquote, money laundering schemes, quote-unquote, tax schemes, quote-unquote, false statements, quote-unquote, um, whatever it is. Garden variety crimes. And remember, everybody's innocent until they're proven guilty. Everybody's innocent until they're proven guilty, although you wouldn't know it by, by watching TV. So as of today, Manafort is not guilty. Gates is not guilty. None of these, all these other people are not guilty. They may not wind up that way, but that's where they are today. You have Manafort who's given a $10 million bond. Now typically what that means is you give 10% of it, or whatever percentage the judge decided, and if you skip bond, that is, let's say you leave the country, you're in the hole for $10 million. The guy has family here. Apparently his grandchildren here. They they have an electric tracking device on the guy. And he's not allowed to leave his home. Now, I don't care what you think about Trump or Manafort or this one or that one. That is extraordinary. They are trying to put a hold on his insurance policy because they... The prosecutors, the special counsel, is concerned he might try and cash it out. And because we're sure his insurance policy was bought with proceeds from uh, from criminal activity, we want to put a freeze on that. They haven't proven a damn thing yet. How's the guy supposed to pay his lawyers? Again, I don't know Manafort. I'm not a special pleader for the guy. I'm looking at this as a referee. I really am. So here we have a special counsel who's focused on lobbyists. I don't know where Mike Flynn's going to fit in here. Former general, patriot Mike Flynn. Another man who's absolutely innocent because he hasn't been convicted of anything. I don't know the future, as you well know. I don't know these juries. I don't know all this. As of today, I do know. As of today, I do know. Is he going to charge him with failing to file as a foreign agent, too? He's been charged six times in half a century. One time has there been a conviction. And I might add, it's a misdemeanor crime. It's a misdemeanor. Illegal aliens who pour across the border, what are we told over and over again? It's just a misdemeanor. What's the big deal? It's a misdemeanor. A misdemeanor. What's the misdemeanor? But here it's the crime of the century. And we're to believe that at least two of these men, Gates and, and Manafort, committed felonies in order to be found out as committing misdemeanors, which are never charged. Or that they were laundering money to avoid paying taxes. They were tax evaders, yet they've never been charged with tax evasion. Maybe that'll come. I don't know. I'm just telling you as it is today. I don't know what tomorrow holds. It's quite bizarre. It's quite bizarre. They had these foreign accounts. And you see, uh, money went through these foreign accounts for the purpose of hiding the source of the money. Hiding the source of the money? You only commit a crime when you're hiding the source of criminally obtained money. For instance, if you 
have $10,000 and you want to put it in a foreign account, then bring it in a domestic account, give it to this bank and then another bank and then this bank, and perfectly legal. Look at that, he's laundering money. You can't launder money unless the underlying asset, the money itself, was criminally uh, acquired. And we know nothing from this indictment, this very, very political, publicity-laced indictment where the money came from that was illegal, or how it was illegal. Again, I'm just calling the shots here. I'm not, I'm not a special pleader for this guy or any of these people. I'm just not. In fact, none of them are constitutional conservatives that I'm aware of. You know, they're apparatchiks. They're lobbyists. They're uh, consultants. They're K Street type guys. Means nothing to me, but what does mean something to me is justice. Is justice. And I often think about the average citizen out there, how they can get caught up in these things, right? Somebody accuses you of something, next thing you know, they're at your door. This thing has a problem, you know, these things tend to get worse and worse and worse in a country. When you have rogue operators, and I don't care if these judges are giving their imprimatur to this activity. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. Do it the old-fashioned way. Do it the old-fashioned way. Really, the key, this, this isn't a mob situation. We're not dealing with the Gotti family here. And the biggest outrageous historical irony here is this man was appointed, Mueller, by Rosenstein, another of his buddies, without any underlying crime. Collusion's not a crime in and of itself. Period. So a counterintelligence investigation was turned into a criminal investigation. And these guys and gals in that special prosecutor's office, or special counsel, excuse me, they have to get into these other areas. Otherwise, how do they even justify their existence? It's really quite bizarre if you ask me. Um, didn't I already do Optima? Yes, I already did. Mr. Producer is napping during the show or eating a steak sandwich. He does those sort of things, you know. All right, let's take some calls here. Um, full board. Adam, Long Island, the great WABC. Go. Oh, good evening, Mark. Uh, God bless you, man. I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you. You too. Um, I just wanted to ask you a question. Every day I watch the media, unfortunately the fake media now, and I notice there's a lot of injustice. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, lies that they push every day. And my, I guess my main question is, is the Republicans always scream about getting to the bottom of different scandals. How come they don't call back Comey to the Hill? To I don't know, and, and, but you make a good point. What scandal have we ever gotten to the bottom of? That's what I'm saying. I mean, in light of this new revelation that... You know, he had all of those talking points. and I, I don't know. They never got to the bottom of Benghazi. They never got to the bottom of the IRS. They never got to the bottom of Fast and Furious. They never get to the bottom of anything. You know, they speak with a forked tongue, and there's not equal justice under the law. And it's very disheartening to an average-day American that sees these things going on. And, you know, and I think the American people now are starting to see that they really don't want to get to the truth. They were more outraged at President Trump 
than they were with anything that President Obama ever did. Uh, the media hate Trump. That's the bond. They hate Trump. They despise him. They want him impeached. They want him thrown in prison. They'd love even more if he was in Guantanamo Bay. They hate the man. And uh, you can hear the old uh, the old frauds coming out. Tom Brokaw, Dan Rather, when they chase down Nixon, they feel like they're they're impotent because uh, they can't seem to chase down Trump, and they're very upset about the way Trump's taking on the media. The media in this country, and I've talked about it for a long, long time, the media in this country uh, have abused the freedom of press under the First Amendment. They pretend they're protecting. They're not protecting it. They're destroying it. Trump isn't destroying it. They're destroying it because they're not media. They're not, in that sense, they're not journalists. They're not reporters. They know they're not. They know their friends are Democrats. They know their friends are liberals. They know exactly what they're doing. All right, Adam, I greatly appreciate your call, my friend. We'll be right back. You know, I'm so proud to partner with Kyle Cox. He's the owner of Blindster.com. And I love his entrepreneurial spirit. I love letting you know about the best quality products from independent businesses like Blindster.com. By the way, that's BlindsTER.com. Blindster.com is the only company I endorse for custom blind shades and shutters. You know why? Because I know you like to do things yourself and you want to save money. Kyle showed how to measure for and install custom-made, high-quality blinds myself, and I saved a bundle in the process. Kyle has a personal fit-or-free guarantee, too. If for any reason your blinds don't fit, even if you messed up, Blindster will make the new sizes needed for free, and you only pay shipping. And get this, when you enter promo code MARK at checkout, you'll get 40% off your entire order every time. That's promo code MARK at checkout. So why not try buying treatments for one window today and see how easy it is? It's a great idea. Buy treatments for one window today and check it out. I know you'll come back for more, just like we did. It's blindster.com, blinds, T-E-R.com, promo code MARK. All right. Let's get back to our callers. Uh, let's see. And by the way, congratulations to the Astros for winning the World Series, their first World Series ever. And congratulations to the L.A. Dodgers. That's a hell of a team you have there. You almost did it. But um, that was a great World Series, down to the seventh game. It really was. Nobody took a knee either. It was, just, uh, it was a joy to watch. Let us go, shall we? James, Capitol Heights, Maryland, the great WMAL. What is it, James? Go. Yeah, I'm, I just got to kind of disagree with you saying that the Republicans don't really come to the bottom of anything. It just turns out that a lot of stuff they chase after is not anything worth chasing. They don't no. go after... You familiar with Fast and Furious? Yeah, I remember what Fast and Furious was. That what was happened? started under George Bush. No, it was not and started under... Hey, hey, hey. Why Why do you have to lie? Why, is it, the one I, why is it the one I debate liberals I have to lie? Tell me, sir, who armed... Who armed these uh, Mexican drug cartels? Was that George Bush? The, the, that was the ATF. They were, I, I, I know, sir. Who was the president of the United States? They were, they were allowed freely. Answer to my those. question. Who was the president of the United States? 
The President of the United States went, went fast and furious. Barack Milhouse Benito Obama. Who was the Attorney General of the United States? Right, yeah, those people were... That would be the... Eric Holder, who was held in contempt for refusing to turn over certain information. Are you familiar with that administration, sir? Yes or no? Now, answer this question, sir. Who conveyed 20% of America's uranium, the control over America's uranium, to the Russians? Multiple choice, sir. Was it George Washington? Was it, uh, was it John Adams? Uh, was it John Kennedy? Or was it Barack Obama? Go. Besides the, besides the that would be Barack Obama, sir. That, that didn't Thank you for your call. Have a good evening. Well... Now I'm hungry. It's getting late. I haven't had dinner yet. Now I'm hungry. I'm going to go to my favorite restaurant. But I'm not allowed to mention it. Because we don't want a lot of people going there when I'm there. Uh, but I've mentioned it before. What's that? Oh, we are going. My wife is sitting here saying, What is wrong with you? It's we. And of course... She's correct. In fact, I'm finding out she's always right. All right, Jim, Davenport, Iowa, the great Sirius Satellite. Go. Hi, Mark. It's always great uh, listening to you and Sean and all the great work you're doing. Thank and you. I, uh, just uh, when you had John Solomon on, he uh, got me thinking uh, back to when Romney and Obama had their debate, and uh, they were asked about who they thought was the greatest threat to the United States. And Romney had said Russia, and and Obama laughed him off as being really coy. Oh, I remember. But, I but the truth is, the greatest threat to the United States was actually Obama. Yes, and when he laughed it off, so how much did he really know at that time, and how coy he had that look on his face when he laughed it all off? Very good point. All right, my friend, thank you. I want to get to an audio very, very fast. This is Schumer at a press conference today with Nancy Pelosi. It's short and sweet. Cut three, Mr. Producer, go. When I was in the house and Ron was in the house, we didn't have such a fancy room here. We had that little place up on the third floor, which I inhabited regularly. Um, Camera shy as he is. <laughs> don't need any add-ons here, Nance. Wow. Isn't that cool? So... Schumer took a shot at the house side because apparently this room must have been really developed by Nancy. And camera shy as he is, that was below the belt for Schumer because everybody knows he is a camera uh, prostitute, I'll put it that way. And Nancy struck back and then Schumer tells her to shut up. I think he's a misogynist. Let's hear that again. Cut three, please. When I was in the house and Ron was in the house, we didn't have such a fancy room here. We had that little place up on the third floor, which I inhabited regularly. Um, Camera shy as he is. Don't need any add-ons here, Nance. Wow, that's kind of hilarious. He was stern when you saw his face, right, Mr. Producer? He was ticked. I mean, his his uh, his whole cornrow on his forehead there was starting to kind of... Vibrate. I love it when they fight with each other. Two snake oil salesmen, salespeople. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I love that clip. I think I'm going to play it again tomorrow. Check out Levin TV tonight. It's on in two minutes. It's a good one. And I very much enjoy you listening to the program. I very much appreciate it. 
Now my wife and I are going off to dinner. See you tomorrow. God bless you.